Ryan Stanton here with ASAP Frontline today joined by, <laughs> I don't know that I could even look. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Ken Milne, who's got on a Batman mask. Okay. All right. Straight face. All right. Dr. Milne uh, is out of Canada and he actually is over the rural medicine section for ASAP. So that's what we really wanted to talk about was rural, uh, rural medicine. Because one of my things, I'm a community medicine physician. I've come out of academic centers in the past. You have a lot more stuff there. It seems like a lot of the conferences, a lot of the research is geared kind of towards those places that have all those researches, uh, all those resources. But honestly, the vast majority of us don't have all of those resources. And so I think it's important for especially sections like this to help translate some of that research into what most of us really do, the, sec- the sessions and the places where most of us work, where at night it may just be an ER doctor that's uh, managing most of the hospital, taking care of everybody. So, Dr. Milne, thank you for joining me. And first, give me kind of a background of where you're from. How did you get interested in this sort of thing? Uh, so, yeah, you know, your listeners will be able to tell that I'm from Canada. I'll try to keep my outs and abouts to a minimum and the A's. Uh, but I got out about 20 years ago, started working in a community, started working in a smaller community and really enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed how much I got to interact with patients and the care I got to deliver. And I've never looked back. And uh, so what, let's give us a little background now on the bat doc. Where did that come from? And because it, it, you show up on, in several locations. Well, Bat Doc came. Uh, Bat Doc came from a viral video that was out a few years ago called Bat Dad, mm-hmm. and uh, this father would wear a Batman mask and, and give fatherly advice and commentary on on what was taking place in his family. And my hospital uh, sort of challenged me as the chief of staff to look at ways that we could encourage our healthcare workers for uh, a greater uptake of the flu shot. So we wanted to get, you know, our nurses, our doctors, our staff, everyone in the hospital to be more receptive to taking the flu shot. And I thought, how could I do that in a non-threatening way? And so I, you know, I got out my cell phone. I took these short little Vine videos, you know, these six second videos of me dispelling the myths about, um, the flu shot uh, in a Christian Bale voice. And so I would encourage people to get a flu shot. I'm Bat Doc. And we threw the, that little video together, put it up on Facebook, through YouTube, and it, and it didn't go viral. It didn't hit millions. It sort of went bacterial, <laughs> you know, a little less. But you know what? Our, 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 um, our immunization rate for our healthcare workers went up significantly. And it was a nice little demonstration of something fun, non-threatening, and the use of social media to get an important message across. Well, and I, I see that you're already doing some promotions for for Smack, you were at Smack Dub, and um, and so it's a great opportunity to see this. And, and really, one thing I really like about this conference is the fact that it is creative thinking. It's it's thinking outside the box. It's an, an entire conference that's that doesn't try to stay within what would say uh, your father's or your grandfather's medicine. It's really thinking forward. Now, in terms of in terms of rural medicine, give us a little background of of why that's such an important topic and why we need to focus on it. Well, you know, I, I'm going to steal a line here, so I'll give them credit. So technically it's not stealing and I'd say sorry, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, uh, Dr. Wingate, who is the former uh, chair of the rural section has this great line that, you know, in the community, in those rural areas, we have to be high thought, low tech. 
So we have to really, really be good at thinking about our patients and thinking, you know, what is the potential benefits? What are the potential harms? Because like you said, we don't have the technology necessarily. We don't have all the tech. We can't go, oh, let's put them on ECMO. We can't go, oh, let's just do an endovascular clot retrieval on this one. Uh, We have to think, oh, should I be transporting this person or not? Should I go by ground? Should I go by air? You know, what's the weather out? You know, (laughs) I don't think there's a randomized clinical control trial if the roads are closed, you know, to transport this person. So we have to really think hard. And so I love that saying that Dr. Wingate had about we have to be high thought, low tech. And I really think that that's what challenges us and pushes our boundaries and makes us better doctors, especially in the community in rural areas. And one of the biggest challenges we face now, and, and I'm not sure about Canada, but especially in the States, uh, I'm in Kentucky, and we were one of the states that expanded with the Affordable Care Act. And what we're seeing a lot is that a lot of these rural departments, rural hospitals are closing down. More stuff is being transferred and more requirements are being placed on these tertiary care hospitals. How do we maintain that access to care? I mean, we, we focused, I mean, American healthcare has been focused the last decade or more on access to care and how do we improve access to care? And yet everything we do tends to decrease the bed spaces, decreases the amount of access. How are we maintaining that access to those to those rural populations, people who don't want to live among the skyscrapers? Yeah. And, you know, everybody deserves access to care. Right. Everybody as a fundamental um, uh, thought should have access to care. And I don't think you increase access to care by closing these small rural communities. And, you know, even speaking to those people in the skyscrapers, those people, whether they live in the small communities or whether they live in a skyscraper, they'll, they'll, they'll you know, enjoy recreation and they'll have a cottage. They'll, they'll, they'll pass through the town. People get hurt. People get injured and people get critically ill everywhere. And so we need to make sure that we're there in rural communities to be able to provide that great, high quality care no matter where somebody gets sick. And I'm really passionate about that, that make sure that people get high quality care no matter where the emergency happens. The emer- in emergency medicine, and it, one thing you'll notice is in rural care, no matter where the hospital is, the mainstay is going to be emergency medicine. That's one doctor that's going to be in the hospital 24-7. You're not going to have spotty coverage. If, if a hospital has an emergency room, that's 24-7, 365, so a doctor there. So where are we in terms of focusing on the role of emergency medicine in that access and in rural medicine? Well, I, I sort of always say we have to be the ologist. We're the cardiologist, the respirologist, the uh, gastroenterologist, the pediologist, the orthopatologist. I mean, we're it, right? We're the, yeah, we're the only person there, you know, and I don't mean, you know, we're in a team, of course, but we're the only physician sometimes there. And so we really have to be really good at a lot of different things. And... It's challenging, but I think that's something that's very invigorating for me as a clinician to be able to have that skill set. Well, it's it's one of those things that I I've, I've always said that, you know, during the day we have specialty radiologists, we have cardiology, everybody's in-house and seeing the patients, but all of a sudden on nights and weekends and holidays, we are expert enough to be those ologists. And so I mean, it's one of those things that as an emergency physician, you have to be comfortable with all of that stuff. But one of the challenges that you face in those rural communities is that is that access to specialty and subspecialist. How do you, how do you balance that 
being able to keep folks in the hospital to maintain the doors open and then transferring her out, transferring folks out? What challenges are we facing in rural health care in terms of that access to specialty services? Well, I guess, you know, the premise we have to think about is, does the specialty service offer better care? I'm not sure sometimes. And so sometimes it's better to have someone who's a more generalist, because if you've got a cath lab, then, um, you know, then everybody seems to go to cath, right? Um, And we want not to miss the other causes of chest pain. And uh, so if we streamline the system too much and we don't pause in the emergency department and think about our patients and and make some anchoring errors, um, I think it's really dangerous to, you know, sort of stream these people to uh, hyper subspecialized environment all the time. Um, And I think that we do a good job with the undifferentiated patient. But I think one of the additional things that we have to bring into it as uh, rural physicians is then you have to think about, okay, who am I going to transport? When am I going to transport? And how am I going to transport? And what's the number needed to transport or the NNT in this case. So how many people do I have to transfer to prevent one bad outcome? And I think we need to be aware of the literature on that and try to figure out and be critical of the literature on it and make sure that we're not over-transporting and we're not under-transporting. And and that's going to take a combination of what the literature says, but also our clinical experience and, of course, what the patient wants because they might have different preferences and values. And so it's where those three things overlap where you have the patient's experience, the patient's desires, the patient's values, the physician's clinical experience and tools that they have at their resources and how that literature overlaps and and, and guides our care. And so that's a unique position to be in in a rural environment. One of the things I see very frequently in rural medicine, working in smaller hospitals, is this idea from the patients that the care that they're getting is not as high tech. It's, you know, what they what they call in, they go to another hospital and say, I just went there and it's just a Band-Aid station. And I'll, I've worked at a couple of hospitals before where I would have the same patient at both facilities. And at one, they're like, I went there and it was just a Band-Aid station. And I said, I know, I was your doctor. And they're like, oh, well, that's awkward. Yes, it is awkward. But it's amazing how I was, I'm qualified here, but I'm not qualified there. How do we fix that messaging with the patients, with the families, that the care that they can get, especially from emergency physicians, board-certified emergency physicians, people who've done emergency medicine for years, that that care they're getting is top-notch, high-quality care, especially geared towards the complaints that they may have? Well, I think one of the things we can do to to help with that is that remind people that the most important tech that we have, the most important tool that we have, that we have to provide great care, it's between our two ears. It's between our two ears. And that's the most important. They came in for that thinking, that, that high thought, hopefully you know, you, you, uh, you provide that great care by providing um, evidence-based care and knowledge about what's going on and show, I, I guess the other thing is, and demonstrate and show that you care about them and that you're going to take good care of them and you talk out loud about, here's what we can do and here's what we can't do. So you set expectations because, of course, not everybody can do endovascular retrieval. Not everybody can be put on ECMO, right? But what we can do is the stuff we do we do it really, really well. And I think a lot of that has to do with the education. I think that's the best 
product that we provide to emergency medicine to our patients, and that's anywhere, any type hospital, any science hospital, is that education and information. And I think the rural providers even have a, a higher challenge, a harder challenge, because they need to be able to educate the patients on what they have, what they need, and giving that information. And that's one thing we're losing as we move more and more to EMRs and, and wanting to see more patients for in a shorter amount of time. We're losing that time at the bedside where we can educate patients and give them the information. But let's capitalize on it. Let's use it as one of our strengths because I'm sure that you working in large and small institutions, which I do as well, you know, you'll hear the complaints from the other side of things. Oh, I'm just this this little patient in this big, huge machine, this huge hospital. I'm just a number. Nobody knows me. Nobody's talking to me. Nobody seems to care about me. But if you have a smaller, more intimate, more uh, you know, uh, rural community uh, practice, then you can capitalize on that communication and that care and that time at the bedside. And I don't think we value that enough. And so you, I'm, you must have heard the complaints. Oh yeah, I went to the big center and you know right. nobody right. even talked to me. Right. I just you know they just took some tests and then sent me out the door. Or I sat in the hallway the entire time. Or they, they didn't even. I just sat in the lobby for eight for eight hours and then just walked you out. Know, so so I think we have to be careful about looking at the both both sides of uh, patients and what they say about their experience. Well, that's the complicated thing. And I think many times it's not as much um, an accurate, well, it's rarely an accurate reflection when you hear those sorts of things, especially you're dealing with your colleagues inside. You know, a lot of times I'll get offended because it's friends, people I know that are really good at what they do, that it is that communication and how do you engage the patients and, and making sure you spend that time with them. And I do agree, the, the rural setting does allow to give you that better connection it is more one-on-one. It's like you and I sitting here as opposed to the larger setting where you've got 15 people in the room and everything's moving quickly and, and you're talking to somebody about their um, their arm injury when two codes roll by and doing chest compressions. I mean, that, that that has to make that patient feel like they slide down the list. And I think it's that's why it's that much more important to be able to communicate to those patients so your rural section, the rural section of the American College of Emergency Physicians, what are we working on? What are we looking for? What are your big projects coming up? Well, we're really trying to create a community, and I'm bringing a social media component to it. So I'd really like, you know, the U.S., it's a big country. And so social media has shrunk the world. So if people are listening to this and they're working in a smaller community, a rural community, what I really want them to do is I want them to get on the Facebook page that ASAP has for the rural section and like the Facebook page. And it's a way that we can stay in contact, stay connected, and share the experiences that I think we all face, the similar challenges, and, and feel that sense of community, especially when you may not have 15 colleagues you know, triple coverage and those types of things. It's just you for 24 hours. It's nice to know that you're not alone, that people are sharing the same experiences, um, facing similar challenges, and in different places, they're finding really, you know, you started this with saying, you know, Smack, it's a great conference. People are thinking outside of the box. You know, think different, as Steve Jobs used to say, right? So they're thinking different. I know all across the United States, there are really bright doctors working in small communities, facing the same challenges, and they're thinking different. They've got a great solution. Well, let's come together online as a community and share that so we can bring that back to our own institutions and, again, improve the care we give to patients because we all want to give the best care possible. Well, I think the, the social media is a great way of looking at it because it does help us think outside our own community. 
And I think a lot, in, even in the United States, I think there's a lot of us living inside a bubble and not seeing what other countries are doing that is improving care to the patients and doing different things. This is so meta because we're right here right now in Dublin doing a podcast. This will be out on social media, right? And we're talking about social media and look at how FOMED has changed medical education, right? And I think one of the best places it can change medical education is in small rural communities. You know how hard it is to get time off. You know how hard it is to come to a conference. You, You know, there's only a few doctors in town and stuff like that. So this is a great way that, you know, you can you can stay in contact with the thought leaders and the evidence out there. Listen to a podcast, mm-hmm. check out a blog, you know, be skeptical of everything you read and hear, but it's a great way to stay networked to the world of medical education. So I think, you know, us talking about this on a podcast at SmackDub about FOMED, about how this impacts rural care and ultimately rural patients is fantastic. And I think we need, uh, it, and it is a great way. I, it, just even this morning, while I was watching some of the talks, I was communicating. Somebody was was um, on Twitter talking about the the talks and the conferences thing. And so I contacted him. I said, "Hey, would you mind coming down? Let's talk." He says, "Well, I would actually need to recalculate nine hours because I'm in Australia right now." And uh, I think he thought I was in the United States because I think we're a little bit farther out from here, but I don't know. But at the same time, it is one of those things that we were communicating as if it were you and I just sitting here two feet apart from each other, but we're around the world. And that is the great thing about some of these new technologies is being able to, is being able to connect to somebody at three in the morning about what would you do with this EM Docs page where people post questions about things and we can put opinions on there, um, you know, making sure that you're still within that HIPAA compliance inside the United States. But but ways of connecting to people that we've never had before, where instead of being a rural doctor 100 miles from the nearest tertiary care center or more, you're now one click away from doctors around the country, around the world, who are in those same situations. Because if you think about it, in the middle of the night, you may be the only one in that county, or you may be the only one in that part of the or, of the region where you are, but there's thousands and thousands throughout the country and throughout the world that are in that same situation, dealing with patients um, in similar environments as you are. So I think it is a, it's a great way to connect with folks. Um, give us some information. You mentioned the Facebook page for the rural section. How else can we get in touch, get information? Well, if you want, I mean, the ASAP home office is always great about directing people here, there, and everywhere. But again, just just go to the Facebook page, uh, find out who we are, click on the links, and uh, get connected because it'll network from there pretty quickly with social media. So making sure to get on there. Facebook is a great way to get information. Also, a lot of these folks uh, on Twitter as well. What's your handle? My uh, Twitter handle is at the SGEM, T-H-E-S-G-E-M. All right, and I'm at Everyday Med. Dr. Millen, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. All right, I'm Dr. Ryan Stan. Hope you'll stay with us. Tune in every new episode. Some great information here from Smack Dub, and we'll have more coming up. I'm Dr. Ryan Stanton, and this has been some ASAP Frontline.